Hello, Tea Crew, and welcome to this brand new episode of Tea Talk with Shah. Today, we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet. And we're also going to be doing a deep dive into Savage X Fenty and possible problematic practices. I know it's hard for me to even say, but we're going to get into it. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, tea crew, there's a lot of tea to be spilled, so let's get straight into it. Um, The first topic here, prayers up for Kimora Lee and her family. She suffered a house fire over the weekend. Um, The fire happened overnight, and it was the fast response from her fire department in her town that ended up saving her and her children's lives as they were fast asleep. Now, this was shocking news to me um, as everything that is going on with the Diddy assault cases. You know, Kamora Lee Simmons has been very vocal in her support for Cassie Ventura when, you know, she filed her lawsuit and just saying, you know, different things on her stories and really supporting Cassie um, and the people that came forward. Uh, a fact for maybe some of the younger listeners, Kamorley Simmons was a close friend of Diddy's um, ex-partner, Kim Porter. So they were very close friends. They came up kind of around each other because Kim was Andre Harrell's assistant at Uptown Records. And we all know Kamorley Simmons was married to Russell Simmons, Um, who had a record label at the time and was heavy into music at the time as well. Um, And the two were friends. And, you know, there's so many things that are coming up now uh, after Cassie's lawsuit. Other women have, you know, alleged lawsuits against Diddy. And not just Diddy, other music moguls. This is really becoming like a Me Too hip-hop movement at this time. And to see that now, you know, Kamora's had a house fire. They haven't had, you know, any reason for the house fire. Like nothing's come out concrete. So of course this is all alleged, but it is, it is unsettling. You know, the things that are coming out, it is very calculated um, that a lot of people have been working and networking to keep these men, these powerful hip hop, hip hop men in power for you know, as long as they've been in power. And it's just like everybody involved really, really got to be careful, up your security, do whatever you need to do to make sure that you and your families are safe. This could have been a complete accident, um, but it's just, it's a little frightening in my opinion when it comes down to people speaking out, people having opinions about moguls and you know, what happened in the 90s and early 2000s and being willing to stand behind the victims um, and be brave enough to say, you know, I stand with them. They're not lying. You know, I've witnessed some of it. You know what I mean? And then to have something like this happen to her, it's it's definitely, definitely the scary hours, as Drake would say. Um, And I hope everybody stays safe through this situation. Um, and that we can come out on the other side. You know, people have to be accountable for their actions. I understand that it was a different time and people feel as though this is, you know, ruining Diddy. He's going to be canceled, whatever the case. But at the end of the day, if these allegations are true, he's getting what he deserves. 
And I think people have to remember, like, what he's put these women through is nothing less, allegedly, than torture. And, you know, the Diddy Bop and the music and the producing and the tours and the shows and everything else that's going on doesn't mean anything if you're abusing people. You know what I mean? So prayers up again um, to Kimora and her family that, you know, her family and her kids are all safe. I should have said that at the top. Nobody was harmed in the fire um, and things can be replaced. So we're happy about that. All right, let's get into the next story here. Michael B. Jordan hits a parked car in his blue Ferrari. So we haven't really heard about Michael B. Jordan in a while, you know, since his breakup with Lori Harvey and his, you know, supposed bitterness towards that breakup. We really haven't heard much from him. And this is why you guys tease me in my stories on my Instagram and Facebook. But this is why I never believed that his relationship with Lori was real because it just seemed like a publicity stunt. And then once it was over, it's like we haven't heard about Michael B. Jordan in a very long time. And now all of a sudden he's running into a parked car. So LAPD has not um, given a reason for the crash. Maybe he was distracted or whatever. But I know that if he had been under the influence of anything, they would have definitely splash that all over the news and the paper. So I don't think he was intoxicated. It may have just been a situation of not paying attention at the road. Maybe they gave him like a distracted driving ticket or something like that. I don't know, but as more um, comes out about this story, we'll definitely be talking about it more. But it is very strange to hit a parked car, especially in L.A., because so many of the lanes are so wide. You know what I mean? It's not just like your car and then a parked car. It's usually at least a couple lanes because L.A. traffic is terrible and they're always trying to figure out ways to lower the congestion. So I'm just like, I, I don't know how this happened. But as more details come out, we will definitely let you guys know. And also, nobody was harmed in that accident. Michael B. Jordan actually was able to call the cops himself and the parked car owner. I don't think they ever came back until, you know, after the police report was filed and things like that. All right, let's get into the next story here. Blueface and Krishan, Lord, are at it again. Um, and now the baby has been seen out at 4 a.m. And Blueface is alleging that Krishan is not an attentive mother. So Blueface posted this video last night, or I guess early this morning, and claims that Krishan was not watching their infant son, Krishan Jr., that she was out doing a verse or doing something for her music career or he alleged that she was out hooking up with her new boo, K-Suave. Um, at this time, of course, his mother, uh, Clarissa, that's not her name, but you guys know what her name is. <laughs> Carissa, something like that. Carlisa, that's it. Carlisa chimes in and she basically is like afraid for her son at this point because kidnapping your own, you can kidnap your own child in the state of California. Um, parental work, parental rights don't work that way that you can just, you know, turn around and take your child from the primary parent that you would have to go to court for that. So allegedly Krishan, um, you know, was not with the child at the time. She's not in any of the videos that Blueface has posted. A friend of the family, Mars actually had the child and I guess Mars or somebody else would have had to contact Blueface and be like, hey, 
Krishan's not here. Can you come get the baby? Now, this is odd to me for so many reasons, right? It's the middle of the night. The baby was probably sleeping. And if he wasn't sleeping, he probably just needed to be changed and fed so he can go back to sleep. Maybe, you know, Mars had the baby all day and they were, you know, she was frustrated or she didn't know what to do or who to call. So she called Blueface if Krishan wasn't answering. But it just seems like a weird setup situation. So they meet at a gas station. She brings the baby out at 4 a.m. And then, of course, immediately as Blueface gets the baby, he goes live. Now, Mars then covers her face as in, you know, I don't want to be involved in this mess. I just want to pass the baby off to you and go where I'm going um, at this point. And he blasts her for not being home with the baby, but the baby is out at 4 a.m. This is just the thing about this situation, right? At some point, these two are going to have to have more maturity. Childcare things happen. Things happen, especially as a working parent, where you're going to need the other person to be responsible for their child and come and pick them up when you're working or you have a lack of childcare or whatever the case may be. He could have just as easily put him in the car and taken him home and him and Krishan could have worked it out the next day, but it can never be like that with this couple. It can never be like that. It's like both of you have allegedly moved on. Blueface proposed to Jaden. You know, Krishan says she's happy. She's with K-Swab and they're making music and he seems to be a decent guy or whatever the case may be, as opposed to Blueface anyway, and not putting things on the internet. So that's that's a plus. Um, but it's just really, I don't know. It's just getting to the point where they can't do anything without it being on social media. And I worry about Junior, as she calls him. I worry about Krishan Jr. because it just makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense why you couldn't have just bundled that baby up, put him in the car and taken him home. You guys could have had the words that you were going to have, but it doesn't make sense to be having a tiny baby outside at a gas station so you can sit here and make um, content about your baby mom. I don't get it. I really don't. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Ashanti and Nelly tease a pregnancy at the black and white ball. Now, y'all know I love me some Ashanti and Nelly. Lord, ever since they got back together, that's all I could talk about. I love reposting their cute little photos of each other. And I really feel like this time they get they are getting it right. You know what I mean? So they were helping to host this event. They were on stage looking great. And the host is like telling Nelly, you better seal the deal, you know, as we all feel, as we all feel, Nelly, dang, like, I feel like she should already have at least five or six carrots on her finger by now. I don't know what the hesitation is. At this point, after the host says this, Nelly grabs Ashanti's belly and starts rubbing her belly. Now, immediately, Ashanti turns into him and starts hugging him. And people are saying, is this a pregnancy announcement? Now, we all know Ashanti says snatched, okay? She's always snatched. She's always looking good. She's in her early 40s, but she's always eating the girls up, okay? And I did notice in her gown, she had a little pooch. 
Now, not to say people can't have pooches because pooches are life, you know, especially as you get older. It's a real body. There's nothing wrong with having a real body. I know everybody wants to suck and tuck and lift and pull and do all these things to their body, but there's nothing wrong with having a natural body. So at the end of the day, if she's not pregnant, she still looks amazing. But it's also, you know, a little bit off brand for her to be even just a slight, you know, because she's always so snatched. So I was like, oh my God, is that little pooch? A baby Nelly Ashanti? A baby Shanti Nelly? Lord, don't threaten me with a good time. I would love for those two to be pregnant. And again, I would also love for Nelly to go ahead and seal the deal. Now, a lot of people said they're trolling or they're teasing and that, you know, she's not pregnant. Definitely a possibility. I mean, it wasn't like there was a bump or anything. Um, but how cute would that be, y'all? Wouldn't that be cute? A little Christmas gift for all of us. I think it warms everybody's heart to see, you know, Ashanti and Nelly come back together because they really were like the quintessential, like hip hop 90s, 2000s couple. It's like our nostalgia, you know, and they're both looking good, both healthy, both in a position, you know, to be in a solid relationship without much drama and mess. And I think people just really like that about them. So if it is true, congratulations, and we can't wait to meet the baby. Don't hide the baby from us. <laughs> Ashanti, Ashanti, <laughs> if you ever hear this, do not hide the baby from us. We want to see the baby. Don't do it. I know she likes to be private at times. So I'm going to tell you right now. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Y'all, I'm in a silly, a silly mood. Please bear with me. All right, let's get to the next story here. Uh, Wendy and NECA of Real Housewives of Potomac. Let's just get into this situation as I see it, because I've seen so many rumors. I've seen so many accusations. This is just getting to be so wild, and I think we should discuss it. So NECA is a new housewife on the Real Housewives of Potomac. She is affiliated and in the same circles as Wendy Osefo. They're both Nigerian and their families um, socialize and know each other. That's just the truth. I don't know why people keep trying to go back and forth that Wendy doesn't know her and Eddie doesn't know Ike. Ike is her husband. And I, you know, the whole situation, Ike and um, Eddie are both Nigerian doctors. They went to the same medical school. They were both in the same Nigerian doctor association at that medical school. So whether you know him and have lunch with him or know people that know him, you've heard of him. Okay. I believe that he had heard of him. They were Facebook friends. When all of this drama kicked off between Wendy and NECA, Wendy probably told Eddie, or maybe he took it upon himself to go ahead and unfollow Ike fine. But to sit there and act like both of these ladies, to sit there and act like you don't know each other is just idiotic. It's ridiculous. This whole situation, in my opinion, happened over casting. We all know how gatekeeped it is to be a real housewife and in the real housewife franchise. NECA possibly went to Wendy through a family friend or other people that they both know in common to get on the show. Why? Because she's newly married and she moved into the Potomac area code. Okay. Now that she's purchased over a million dollar home, almost $2 million home in Potomac, she's now interested in possibly being on the show or being a friend of the show because she knows people that know Wendy. 
I'm sure she reached out to these people. Now, being a housewife is so gatekeeped because the housewives don't want to have, some of them don't want to have people from their inner circle on the show. Why? Because it makes things more messy for them. If you come onto the show with the ammunition, I got all these degrees and I'm doing all this stuff and somebody else comes on the show that knows your family, possibly your dirt, knows more things about you than these other ladies, that is a threat to you as a housewife if you have things that do not want to come out. And I truly believe that that is why Wendy did not want to shine, like share her space on the show with another Nigerian woman who is associated with her family. People try to make it seem like it's about this article. Forget that article. Nobody's talking about that article. Ashley Darby did not start this. Ashley Darby starts a lot of things, but she did not start this. This started in casting, okay? NECA wanted Wendy to extend the invitation. Wendy did not want to extend it, period. She did not want to extend the invitation. She did not want to bring NECA around the girls. She did not want NECA on the show for whatever reason. She probably has her reasons. Who knows what they are? We are not Wendy Osefo. We are not in her mind. But what I will say about this whole situation is let's not drag it out and ruin Real Housewives of Potomac, okay? I do think, um, contrary to popular opinion, that NECA is a good addition to the show. I think she's somebody that keeps Wendy on her toes, that she challenges Wendy and Eddie. And I'm excited to see what else they're going to bring to the show. But we have to let go of this, I didn't know her, she didn't know me narrative. It's stupid. And it's getting played out. It's getting dumb. And as per usual, the fandom is taking it too far. I read a post that I'm not even going to repeat of somebody, you know, saying terrible things about Wendy. And it's just like, this is completely unnecessary. People hear me and hear me clearly. Okay. I really appreciate you guys' support of the Real Housewives franchise, listening to the podcast, wanting reviews, wanting my opinion on certain housewife situations. But this is a TV show. Some of y'all really need to relax. For real. You really need to relax because you can't just go on the internet threatening people, saying what you want to do to people, whatever. People are getting sued. People are getting that knock-knock on their door from the cops because people are not playing around. They're tracing IP addresses. They're finding you internet gangsters and you really need to watch your mouth online. This is getting to be ridiculous. We all have our favorites on the show. That's what makes it fun. But let's remember, these are all black women. We are not going to sit here and go back and forth, especially with other races in the comments saying inappropriate and threatening things to these women that I will not tolerate. Okay. Jeez, y'all always got to take it too far. All right, let's get into this next topic here. Fat Joe admits that 95% of his gangster lyrics were made up and that he is a family man. So a lot of you might be thinking, Fat Joe, isn't he a podcast host? You're right. But he was also a rapper. He made a lot of songs in the like uh, 90s and 2000s era. He rapped with Big Pun and he was also a member of the Terror Squad, which was a rap group that included him, Big Pun, um, several other rappers, and um, Remy Ma was also in that group as well. So before he was a podcaster, he was a thousand percent a rapper. And I just want to bring this up because you know what it is? 
a lot of times people do things to sell records. They do things to provide for their family. They do things to get themselves out the hood. And it's all about their entrepreneurship at the end of the day. But when you put music out there, you put things out there, especially music the younger generation is listening to, it's just like they are listening, they are responding. You are a role model to them, whether you believe it or not, only to find out 95 of that stuff, 95% of that stuff was made up. I also feel like this comes at a convenient time when Rap lyrics are now being used in court against rappers. And I just feel like now, you know, Young Thug's lawyer is trying to spin everything. But now that these, you know, lyrics are being brought up in court, these nicknames are being caught up and brought up in court, Joey Crack and all this stuff. It's like he's definitely on the defense as far as. This, you know, my nickname doesn't have anything to do with drugs. I used to have like the crack of my behind showing sometimes when I would get up because I was like, I was a big guy and I, you know, my pants didn't always fit right and stuff like that. So it's like, they're always trying to make something out of nothing now because it is getting real, real hot for the hip hop community. You know, this Rico charge that Young Thug has might stick. They're talking about His name didn't mean thug and it meant something about pushing positivity and empowerment and all this stuff. They are really trying to flip this because these little mini criminal enterprises disguised as rap groups, could this stuff could really come back to bite people in the butt. Um, So I think it's a smart move on Fat Joe's point, but I just wish that current rappers and, um, you know, people that are about to put music out would think about that before they do it. Because here you are going home to your family, encouraging people to be out in the streets. And that's where I just find it to be unfair. You know what I mean? You get to go home to a warm meal and your family rooting you on and encouraging you to be a rapper while you're encouraging young men and youth to be in the streets and be away from their families. You know, literally taking other people's family members away from them. You know what I mean? We got to be a little more responsible with that, in my opinion. But these have been our trending topics. And stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there. And welcome to the Sports Update with J-Rob. Today I'll be covering week 13 of the NFL regular season. So let's get started. The San Francisco 49ers beat the Philadelphia Eagles. 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel caught four passes for 116 yards and two touchdowns. The Houston Texans defeated the Denver Broncos. Texans wide receiver Nico Collins caught nine passes for 191 yards and one touchdown. The Los Angeles Chargers beat the New England Patriots. Uh, No touchdowns were scored in this game. The Detroit Lions defeated the New Orleans Saints. Lions wide receiver Sam LaPorta caught nine passes for 140 yards and one touchdown. The Arizona Cardinals upset the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cardinals running back James Conner carried the ball 25 times for 105 yards and two touchdowns. The Atlanta Falcons beat the New York Jets. With the win, the Falcons are now number one in the NFC South. The Indianapolis Colts defeated the Tennessee Titans. Colts wide receiver 
Michael Pittman caught 11 passes for 105 yards and one touchdown. The Miami Dolphins blew out the Washington Commanders. Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill caught five passes for 157 yards and two touchdowns. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Carolina Panthers. Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans has now had 10 straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons. The Los Angeles Rams beat the Cleveland Browns. Rams quarterback Matt Stafford completed 22 passes for 279 yards and three touchdowns. The Dallas Cowboys defeated the Seattle Seahawks. Cowboys wide receiver C.D. Lamb caught 12 passes for 116 yards and one touchdown. And finally, the Green Bay Packers beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Packers have now won three straight games. The Baltimore Ravens, the Minnesota Vikings, the Buffalo Bills, the New York Giants, the Chicago Bears, and the Las Vegas Raiders all had bye weeks. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have a wonderful week. All right, T-Crew, let's get to my favorite part of the podcast. And today we are going to be talking about Savage X Fenty and its ranking on sustainability, ethical practices, use of labor, and all those things. So Remake is a big uh, media brand that consumes fashion, talks about fashion, upcycling, um, how you can better preserve your clothes, taking pledges to not buy new clothes. Because for those of you that don't know, fast fashion clothes like Fashion Nova, Fashion Nova, Shein, um, Boohoo, uh, CB house, like a lot of those fast fashion brands, a lot of those clothes end up in landfills because the clothing is not, um, it's not sustainable. Really. The clothing is made quickly. It's made cheap. It's made to just be on brand. So when people are done wearing the clothing, they throw it out and it ends up in these huge overseas, sometimes even in the country landfills, that are really polluting the earth. So their mission is to educate people, um, let them know what's going on with fast fashion and ways that they can help combat this huge issue. So recently they put out a list of all the fashion brands that are scoring really low on their production value, ethical practices, sustainability, how long the clothes last, and things like that. And people were shocked to find that Rihanna's brand, Savage X Fenty, scored lower than fast fashion brand Shein. Now, Shein is a brand, for those that don't know, it's an online brand that's sourced out of the UK that provides clothes for as cheap as $1, accessories, $2, things like that. And they have been known to have bad practices as far as the labor force, how they treat the people that make the clothes, whether or not it's ethical, the people that are making the clothes, the hours that they work, their wages, the conditions that they're working in. And these are all things that Shein has been accused of. And this is why, for those that listen to the podcast all the time, Teresa Judice had gotten some um, heat for partnering with Shein on their holiday clothes and their holiday line that she has with her daughters. But anywho, 
Shein is definitely one of the biggest offenders because they offer the clothes at such a low rate that, you know, it's almost like they're just, you just pay for shipping and the clothes appear and people have to make those clothes. You know, there's things that have to, you know, be done that are just not being done for the employees that work for these companies. But to see it rank higher ethically and sustainability wise than Savage X Fenty, people were shocked, as was I. Now, it's different, and I think the same in that, you know, we need to really get away from fast fashion. And I know that can sound kind of hypocritical because I am a person that does from time to time purchase fast fashion, but at the end of the day, it's just like, these clothes are literally polluting the earth and we all have to kind of understand that we're playing a role in it. I understand economic wise, this may be the only way that people can get their clothes or get something cute for an event because with prices going up, it's just really difficult to understand what people are talking about, what people are doing. Um, you know, whether or not, you know, people are influenced by what celebrities are wearing. And so now they want to get a dress that looks like celebrities and stuff like that. So it's really hard to stop fast fashion. I would just say, you know, we can all do our part by buying it less, but to see a membership, the event, the Savage X Fenty membership is $49.95 a month. And this gives you discounts on the lingerie, when you buy it, the lounge outfits, the slippers, the hoodies, the onesies, all these things. And it's just like, that to me is a luxury brand. $50 a month is a luxury brand, you know, to be able to spend that kind of money on clothes that you probably won't wear out of the house that often is luxury in my opinion. Um, in addition to that, in addition to that, it's just so much that's going on with um, the brand as a whole. I feel like people are like, you know, the Eat the Rich campaign, that people are feeling like, you know, you can't become a billionaire ethically. And I was just like, you know, but Rihanna, you know, she does things for people. She always works with different charities, especially in Barbados. She's always trying to help and, you know, spread spread the wealth where she can. But it's just so much that goes into these businesses. And I don't think that, you know, the celebrities are aware, but that's a huge profit margin. You know what I mean? Like that is a huge profit margin. If you are using, you know, I hate to say slave labor, but if you're using very cheap labor and you're creating these items that are of decent quality, but people are paying $50 a month to be in your VIP program, you are making a lot of money. And to have the brand score so low, it's like, what are you doing with the profits besides profiting? <laughs> you know what I mean? Savage X Fenty has beautiful fashion shows every year. They're more like concerts. They're like, it's almost like a festival. Um, how big and produced these shows are. So to do all of that and then not be able to, to sustainably have a brand that's going to last and that's going to pay their labor force and that's going to be ethical and on the up and up 
it just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the Rihanna and the businesswoman that we've grown to love and respect. But at the same time, you know, we don't know if this is something that she's handed off to a partner or whatever it is. But when you put your name on something, you're responsible for it. So it's just very, very strange. Um, and I, I honestly, I, I don't know how you go about fixing these processes, especially because the business has been businessing for so long. You'd have to go and change everything. The VIP membership would probably likely go up. Um, and there's just a lot of moving parts that you just can't change the labor force without almost changing everything about the brand. But, you know, just the fact that it's been going on for so long also speaks volumes. It's like, I hate to say it, but it, you know, it's just, it's not, it gives people the icky feeling of thinking I'm paying all this money, um, for this lingerie. Why is it not ethically sourced? Why the labor? Why is the labor force not being paid adequate, adequately? Why are they making my garments in a um, what's it called? Sweat sweatshop? Yeah, in a sweatshop. You know, and Savage X Fenty is not the only brand, but I'm just saying, like, to see it score lower than Shein because we've all heard about Shein. You know. I don't know, girl. What do you guys think about this? Please let me know in the comments. Will you continue your VIP membership if you have one? What are your thoughts? Does anybody have any ideas of how this can be cleaned up ethically? Does anybody know? You know, I would love to see what you guys think in the comments. All right. Stay tuned for our outro comments. This is the end of the deep dive. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. I just want to thank you guys all for your engagement. Don't forget, you know, as you recommend the page, recommend that people subscribe (laughs) and follow the page. We're getting so many new viewers of the content, but very few of them actually, you know, follow and subscribe and stuff like that for more of similar content and things. So just push the subscription portion, but I really help. I really appreciate you guys' help with pushing out everything that's going on the podcast, the polls, the different links that you share. I really, really, really appreciate it. Reposting the wrap reposting everything um, that we've been posting lately. It really, really helps with the algorithm. So thank you so much. As always, convict the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.